Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Amen. Isaiah is prophesying of Jesus Christ. And he is laying the groundwork because uh, this prophecy should have really helped them because he didn't come how they thought he would come. He didn't come with pomp and majesty. And, uh, he came in a lowly form. He just, he's despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Listen to the description of Jesus. We hid, as it were, our faces from him, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Because of what we saw Jesus go through, because he was a man of sorrow and grief, we esteemed him or considered him stricken or almost cursed. But he was wounded for our transgressions. There was a reason that he looked this way. There was a reason he went through what he went through. It was for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He did it willingly. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. He, was, he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. This is a description of Jesus' life and his purpose for coming. And... It's not what we would consider a picture of success. But it's a picture of pain and sorrow, affliction, suffering, wounds, and hurts. And it's Jesus, and he's doing it for our good. He's taking your place, and he's taking my place. And the writer is describing the process of what that looked like. Amen. I want to talk to us today about the necessity of healed wounds. The necessity of healed wounds. Could we just pray and ask God to help us? Would you open your heart to him and his word to just begin to search through our spirit and, and minister to this people today? God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. 
I thank you, Lord, for the life, Lord, that is in your word, the healing that is in your word. God, it is a medicine to our soul. It is, God, life. And we thank you for the words of life, God, that are released into this atmosphere right now. I pray, God, that there would be an openness to our heart and our spirit in Jesus' name, that your word would accomplish that which you send it to do in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. In Jesus' name. Been trying to be and always trying to be. I, I guess that statement wouldn't sound correct because I'm always trying to be open to the voice of the Lord and the leading of the Lord. And as you know, if you've been here on Wednesday nights, the Lord has had me teaching on the Lord's prayer pattern given to us in Matthew. And uh, part of that and uh, the main focus this past Wednesday night was the area of forgiveness and how that debts and trespasses are both acknowledged in the Lord's prayer pattern. It was so much so that after he is teaching on the pattern of prayer, he came back to the, the topic of forgiveness because he he knew that it would be an area that all of us would have to deal with. And so today is not limited to uh, the area of forgiveness, but I would like to uh, consider that as a part of the teaching today because uh, Jesus was dealing with the fact that we were going to be uh, wounded. He was wounded, but the reason he was wounded is because he was going to be dealing with us who are wounded. He came to save people that are wounded. Uh, he found us in our original condition, wounded. Wounded by sin. Wounded by life. Amen. Are there any witnesses in the house that would say, when I came to the Lord, I was wounded. I had some wounds. It was either a, maybe, and a lot of people come to the Lord when they're wounded because they don't know where else to turn. It's a broken relationship or something in life has been turned upside down and they've been hurt or they've been wounded or they're trying to deal with something. And such is the case with most of us. And it's not just pre-salvation, but amen, I would like to submit to us that, amen, if you're walking with God today, you're going to still be wounded. Amen. Because Jesus said uh, offenses will come. Not maybe, but they are going to come. That's hurts and wounds and, and things that we have to process and deal with. Offenses, violations, uh, trespasses, debts, where, whatever you want to call them, they really are wounds to us and wounds to us in many different ways. And, and uh, just as we read about this, we, we understand that Jesus, when he came to the cross, he, he, he suffered many wounds. Physically is mainly where we focus on Jesus is the fact that his back was whipped, his, uh, his brow was pierced, and he, he was punched, his beard was pulled 
pulled from his face and these physical pictures uh, of wounds that Jesus suffered as he made his way to the cross and even on the cross, uh, nails in his hands and feet, uh, wounds and painful things that he had to deal with. But I'm here to submit to us today that Jesus not only had to deal with physical pain, amen, and physical pain is a, a tough thing to deal with, uh, uh, but but he, he dealt with uh, all kinds of wounds, uh, emotional wounds and psychological wounds, and, and, and there were spiritual wounds that he received, amen, because he was suffering uh, holistically for you and I. Because he knew that you and I would have a holistic need for healing. Amen. If you've ever been sick and laying uh, in a bed and you're like, God, you've got to do something about this. I'm miserable. If you've ever been in the hospital, you know what it means to be on that side of the bed. Amen. The fact that you're suffering and that you're not well and you can't just get up and go and do the things that you're used to because there's a sickness or a wound or an injury that's come to you. And so you're limited. Amen. Wounds are limiting. Amen. Wounds and injuries limit us from productivity and doing what we're called to do and what we're supposed to be doing. And so we consider this, but I submit to us today that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Amen. So Jesus is describing what happens to us in life. We are many times wounded and bruised by life. You can be bruised by people and bruised by situations and bruised by words. Amen. The, the little phrase, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's spoken by somebody who's been hurt by words and trying to cover it up. Because you, you, words can hurt you and words will hurt you. And the, the, the Bible talks about our tongue and the piercings of our tongue. Amen. We can, uh, we can administer poison through our tongue and through our words. And, and, and if you've been hurt, uh, main, mainly you've been hurt by somebody's words or somebody's uh, uh, intentions that have been less than wholesome. Amen. And if you're not careful, you can get wounded and you can uh, be hurt and, and bruised on the inside. Uh, amen. And not even realize how deep the wound has gone and how much it has penetrated your spirit. Uh, and because, uh, you know, we grow up with this little phrase, uh, come on, stop your crying. Grow up. Big boys, don't cry. You ever said that to your kids? Come on, suck it up. Wipe it off. Big boys don't cry. I don't know what you say to girls. I, I, I should, but I can't remember. It certainly isn't don't cry. What is crying? What is, what is that? That's trying to process and uh, signify that there's a wound. Something has hurt me, therefore I am crying. It's not normal to just go around crying. People cry when they're wounded. People cry, uh, they cry when they're hurt. Amen. And so uh, we cry out when we get wounded. And we, uh, many times when people act out or do things, it's a simple crying out uh, that, hey, I'm hurt here. 
it's really not about the, the, the cry as much as it is about the wound that's causing the cry. It's, a, it's an attention grab. It's say, hey, I need some help here. Amen. Something is not right, uh, and I'm hurting. And, and so today, we, we uh, need to understand there's a difference between pity parties and uh, real wounds that need addressed. Amen. If you're, if you're waiting for somebody to show up to your pity party, you're probably just going to cry more because people don't like to go to pity parties. And certainly, when they realize it's a pity party, they don't like to stay. So many times, we're left to deal with our wounds. And uh, Jesus is here in this portion of Scripture being described as uh, our burden bearer. Amen. One who has carried your grief and carried your sorrow. He's borne your pain and your your wound. Amen. He has already uh, come up under the load of what you are carrying. That's why the Bible says that he's touched with the feeling of your infirmities. Uh, he already knows what it is like to carry your load. Amen. And that's why he is... Uh, I believe, amazed many times when we choose to keep carrying our wounds and not bring them to him. He's already carried it. He's already made uh, provision for it. He's already got the source of healing, amen, supplied to you and for you. It's just a matter of believing his report. Letting him reveal his arm to you. He was wounded and bruised and chastised and whipped and given stripes. Uh, all uh, for our uh, wrongdoing. Amen. He was wrongfully done because of our wrongdoing. Praise God. Thank God for his wonderful provision of healing for our situation. He was wounded. He was hurt. Uh, he was wronged. All because he knew that you and I would be wounded and hurt hurt and wronged, and he knew that he would have to feel what we feel in order to have compassion on our situation. He didn't just suffer to identify with us, but he suffered so that he could bring healing. Empathy is a great thing, but it only goes so far. Empathy is trying to put yourself in someone else's position and feel what they feel. That's empathy. Jesus did more than just have empathy. He's touched. He suffered himself so that he could have empathy. But it was more than that. He did it so he could bring healing because without his suffering, there would be no healing of wounds. And just like wounds exist in the natural, they exist in the spiritual. Amen. And how many uh, here have, have uh, how many have had a wound this week? Anybody cut your finger, stub your toe, bump your shin? How about this one? Isn't it amazing how much pain a splinter can cause you? Something little, and we're quick to minimize things, and sometimes we're like, oh, that'll be all right. But even a splinter will fester and get infected, praise God. That's the body's way of trying to get rid of it. 
But if you ignore wounds long enough, they can't help but fester and get infected because it's an invasion into something that is not supposed to be invaded. Your skin is a part of your body. It is the largest organ of your body. And the purpose of the main purpose of your skin is to keep intrusions out. It's to protect your body. It's to protect your bloodstream. It's to protect your nervous system so that it can function in a proper, holistic manner. Praise God. And so when something penetrates, uh, amen, uh, your skin and there's a cut or a wound or an opening, that's exactly what the enemy is looking for to insert infection into our body. He, he needs an opening. He needs a hurt. Uh, he needs a wound. He needs something to enter through to get to your spirit uh, so that he can start infecting you, amen, and bringing stuff into your spirit uh, that will eventually make you sick and if not dealt with, uh, can become fatal. Amen. There are people who have lost out with God today, who are no longer serving God today, not because they don't want to, but because they didn't properly deal with wounds when they came. They thought, I can handle this. I can deal with this. And instead of bringing it to Jesus, the great physician, they've taken it upon themselves to somehow self-medicate and self-care for themselves when really they needed somebody, the great physician, Amen. To apply something into their spirit and bring healing outside of themselves because he's the only one that can bring healing. He's the only one that knows exactly what you need. One of the hardest things to deal with is When you see one of your loved ones get hurt, I mean, you could probably wrap somebody else up pretty quick, give me some tape. And <laughs> I'm not a doctor or a vet, but man, one of our ducks one time, we used to have ducks. That's one of the perks of being the pastors, uh, having kids. Because every Easter they'd have ducks and rabbits and they'd end up at our house. <laughs> Put an end to that after a few years. But one of them got hurt one day and he's out there limping around. I don't know if a dog, one of the dogs got a hold of him or a big fish grabbed his leg and broke it. But his leg was just flopping around. and I said, well, I can't leave him like that. I, this isn't in my notes. I, I don't even know where it came from. But <laughs> his legs flopping around, and I'm like, I got to do something about it. And so um, I went and found me a stick, and I measured it out to his length of his leg, and I I bent it and broke it halfway through, so it was still together, but it flexed. And so I ended up. I went in and got some tape and wrapped it around his wrapped it stick around and taped it all up and hey he started walking around a couple weeks later I said well it looks like he's doing good so I took it off and he was walking perfectly so that's pretty good my wife said what did you do I said well what do you think I did I used duct tape <laughs> <laughs> 
How else are you going to fix a duck but need some duct tape? I know there's a difference. But it fits. Just allow that. All right. But I wondered how many times we're just flopping around and we got broken stuff and we're trying to function. And we're not, we're not getting through life like we're supposed to. And if that thing doesn't get fixed, you see, even our defense mechanisms are off because we can't avoid danger. And we're wounded and we're a prey. Because we're a prey, we become, uh, we become uh, amen, uh, uh, a good meal waiting to happen. Because the, the, the adversary, as a roaring lion, goeth about seeking whom he may devour. I'm telling you who he's devouring and who he's looking to devour. It's people that have wounds and are not functioning like they were intended to function. But there's a sickness that has gotten into their spirit through a wound or through an injury in their spirit. And now they are prey. You see, this, this is something that we must understand that Jesus built into us walking with him. He knew there were going to be times when life would happen because life happened to him. You see, uh, uh, back to the cross, amen. We, we can identify with Jesus, uh, amen, and his, his, his uh, whipped back and his pierced brow and hit the nails in his hands. I mentioned a splinter. Imagine a rusty spike going through your wrists and feet. Uh, amen. Such pain that we can't even comprehend uh, what Jesus went through physically. But I'm here to submit to us uh, that I believe that what Jesus went through mentally, emotionally, a amen, and psychologically while he was on the cross, uh, amen, was just as uh, hard to deal with as the physical wounds. Hail, king of the Jews. They mocked him. They belittled him. They discredited him. They said all manner of evil against him. And all the while, he knew who he was, but yet those were wounds and those were hurtful things. You say, oh, he was Jesus. It didn't affect him. Then explain this. Why would he look over Jerusalem and begin to weep and say, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks? but you would not. What is that? Jesus was dealing with rejection and I don't care if he was God manifest in the flesh. The human side of him was hurt by the rejection and I've got news. There's some rejection in this house that needs to be healed. The Holy Ghost says, I don't care how tough you are and how long you've served God. If you've been rejected, you've got some wounds that need to be dealt with. You've got some stuff that's got to be brought to the feet of Jesus and submitted to him and say, Lord, this has hurt me and I am not too ashamed to bring it to you. Pride will keep us from getting our wounds healed. Don't cry. Big boys don't cry. Tough saints don't go to the altar. That's the parallel. Get over it. Yes, we need to get over some things, but let me submit this. We need to get over it the right way. Getting over it isn't suppressing it and burying it deeper. Getting over it is getting it out and letting God put something in that is whole and healing. 
not going there for time's sake today, but uh, you can read it in Luke chapter 10, amen, Luke chapter 4, when Jesus stands up uh, at the feast and he begins to read out of the, the place of the scroll where Isaiah was, uh, amen, he said that the Lord hath anointed me to preach, the, listen to the, the uh, focal point of his ministry, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, not those in the food line, which he, he, he does do that, but the poor in spirit, the broken in spirit. He hath sent me to heal up the broken hearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. Who are the captives? Uh, amen. Not just those in jail. Yes, that too, but captives in their mind, captives to a wound, captives to a hurt situation, captives to an injustice in their spirit. Covering of sight to the blind. Now you, you can interpret this how you want, but he didn't just say the healing of the blind, but he said the recovering of sight to the blind. I take that as people that used to be able to see. Samson's had their eyes gouged out by the enemy had their hair shaved off, mocked, laughing stock, grinding at the mill. The enemy can take us and he can make a mockery of our life if we're not careful. He can gouge our eyes out so we can't see correctly. Amen. And, and the Lord wants to restore sight to somebody who maybe at a, a, a weak moment in your life uh, made a compromise with the enemy and you didn't realize, uh, amen, the price tag that was going to be associated with it. Uh, amen. I believe that when Samson's eyes were gouged out uh, and his hair was cut, uh, he immediately knew the price tag and he had a bunch of regret and he had a bunch of wound and he had a bunch of hurt amen because life wasn't supposed to be that way for Samson I got news there are some situations in this house that maybe it was just a moment of weakness a bad choice amen and you're trying to deal with it but God says I don't want you to just deal with it I want you to recover your sight I want your hair to begin to grow I want you to bring amen Destruction to the enemy. Jesus said, I've come to set at liberty them that are bruised. Do you think he was talking about physically bruised? No. Wounded in their spirit. Wounded in their mind. Emotions have been hit. And now they're sensitive to the touch. The wound happened a week ago. But if you touch it today, it still hurts. I believe I'm talking in the Holy Ghost to somebody. You think you're dealing with it right. But you got a bruise that's not healed. Because... If somebody touches it, if something touches it, if life touches it or brushes up against you just the right way, it hurts again. It's not healed. God says, I want to heal that today so that when it's touched, you don't even feel the pain. 
You don't even remember the event. Amen. The bruise was there. The event happened. But now when it gets touched, you don't wince. You don't, re you don't recoil. Amen. You just keep on going because it's been healed properly. And the body of Christ and the Lord has touched it. And now you're restored back to your ability to be productive. That's who he came to heal. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of Jubilee, the restoring of goods, the restoring of purpose, the restoring of what was lost. Yeah, Jesus knows. Zachariah said he was going to be asked, what are these wounds in your hands? He said, well, these are the wounds that I received in the house of my friends. Hmm. Some kind of friend that would hurt you. Those, those wounds sort of hurt the worst. Yeah, it was those people I came to gather and be their Lord, be their Messiah. They rejected me. And they're responsible for these wounds. They're responsible for my hurt. But I didn't allow it to make me bitter. I allowed it to drive me closer to the will of God and the fulfillment of why I came. I turned to the Gentiles and I brought them what I was going to bring the Jews. Jesus told a parable one day of a man that was traveling on a road from Jerusalem to Jericho. We call it the Good Samaritan. But it's a story of a man who was going through life, woke up one morning, had an appointment in Jericho, went on his way, and the Bible says on his way, Jesus said on his way, he was attacked by thieves and robbers. And I thought, you know, isn't it amazing the, the words that were used that the thieves, he fell among thieves and Satan is called the thief because he wants to steal, kill and destroy. And that's what these thieves did to this man. They, they, they robbed him. They stripped him. They wounded him. The Bible says that he was left half dead. I don't know if you've ever felt half dead before. But it's the result of wounds that seem fatal. In other words, it's easier to stay down than get up. If he was half alive, I believe he would have gotten up. But he was half dead. Stripped. Stripped to me represents the emotional, psychological wounds, embarrassment. He was robbed. He, his possessions were taken from him. His valuables were taken from him. Laying there, stripped and naked, embarrassed, emotionally and psychologically wounded. 
Then it says he was wounded. I believe that's his physical injuries, bruising, cutting. And then he was left. That means that they left him for dead, left him alone. And that's what wounds will do if we're not careful. They will leave us isolated to bleed on out. Is this too graphic today? That's what happens. Blood is a type of our life. The life is in the blood. And if you don't get wounds taken care of quickly, you will begin to get weak because life is leaving you. And that's what happened to this man when these three men came upon him. The Bible says two of them passed him by and went on the other side and just kept going. But the third one, the Bible said, stopped, looked at him, and assessed the situation. Saw him and he had compassion on him. That's why I know this is a type of Christ. Jesus is, there's more to this story, obviously. He's trying to show this man how to be saved because the man asked him, what must I do to be saved and inherit eternal life? He gives him this story. But within the story, Jesus is showing how to deal with wounds and it's a type of him and how he finds us. He finds all of us stripped and beaten along the side of the road, half dead as the result of sin. And here this man is laying here, and when Jesus, uh, this man saw him, he had compassion on him. That tells me that this man knew what it meant to be wounded. He knew what it meant to hurt. He knew what it meant to be embarrassed because he, when he saw him, he didn't judge him. He didn't do anything but uh, focus on his need. He had compassion on his situation. And that's what Jesus is here today to do for somebody. Amen. He's not here to judge you for your wound. He does not here to blame you. He's not here to replay the story. He's only here to say, I'm here to help. I'm here to help you. I, I, I've got compassion in my eyes. And, and the Bible says he went to him and he, the first thing he did is he bound up his wounds. Uh, that lets me know that his wounds were severe enough that he needed bandages. He needed some kind of cloths wrapped around his bleeding wounds uh, because the first thing you have to do uh, in a situation, in a wound, is you have to stop the bleeding. You have to go to the source of the pain and the wound and begin to deal with it right away. Amen. And so he puts uh, these bandages upon him. Amen. Maybe he had to splint a leg. I don't know what was wrong with him, but he took care of his wounds and then he poured oil and wine in his wounds. Uh, amen. That's a type of the spirit of God, the blood of Jesus. Uh, the wine is like blood uh, and the oil is a type of the 
the Holy Ghost. Uh, amen. He says, I'm going to pour blood in you. Uh, amen. I'm going to put my blood upon you. Amen. To begin uh, cleansing your wounds. Uh, amen. And taking away the sting and the pain because I know what it feels like to be wounded. I was wounded for you and I'm going to pour what I provided into you so that your wounds can be cleansed. And he didn't just put the wine in because the wine alone would sting. But he says, I've got some oil here that I'm going to pour in. Oil was a type of the spirit uh, or a soothing and comforting uh, application of oil. And when the Lord finds us, uh, he has to let the sting of sin be cleansed from us. But uh, I'm so thankful that he doesn't just uh, let the sting stay. He puts the Holy Ghost in us to begin uh, the healing process and the recovery process. Set him on his own beast. I believe this ties us into Isaiah where it says that he he's already carried our grief and our sorrow. He's born it. When this man was too weak to, to walk, too beat up to do it himself, the man put him on his beast and gave him a ride to the inn. And when he got there, he said, I want you to take care of this man. Well, first he took care of him and stayed the night with him. And in the morning he got up and said, take care of this man's wounds and make sure that he receives care. I've got to go, but I'll be back to check on him. And whatever debts he incurs, I'll be here to pay him. Isn't that like the Lord? He doesn't just hope you make it. He's going to make sure that you survive it. And not only that, that you don't incur the debt because he's already paid the debt and he wants to take care of it to the point you become whole and you can go on your way and return to productivity and get to where you were going. What a beautiful story about how Jesus finds us and how he helps us. Amen. Situations that leave us stripped beaten, hurt, wounded, bloodied, half dead. Amen. The Lord is there to give us help and hope and strengthen us on our journey. Amen. This man was at no fault of his own in this condition, just going out amongst the day to do his business and to accomplish what he had to do and he gets wounded out of nowhere and he finds himself fighting for his life and that's the way it works many times friends all is well and something comes there's nothing wrong with you it's life. What's wrong is if we stay wounded when the Lord has provided such grace. Jesus is here. I know for a fact that the Lord gave me a word today for you. 
He's coming to heal the wounded. Trust me, I know what the calendar says. We're supposed to be rah-rahing and shouting and bucking, snorting, tearing carpet off the floor. But the Lord wants to do something in our hearts because of where he's taking us. We can't go there with wounds. What seems like a, a setback is really a setup because you have to be healed. Between services, the Lord just prompted my spirit that there would be people here dealing with things that are not recent wounds, but they are old wounds. And he said, unless you surrender those to me, some of them could reach being fatal or at least causing you to lose a part of what you are. I'm not trying to be negative or down. But you see, if a, if a wound gets infected too badly, that part of the body has to be amputated to save the body. Don't lose something that belongs to you. Through a wound that you refuse to bring to the doctor and let him pour oil and wine and healing into you. Is it relational? Is it a, a husband and wife? Is it a father, son, mother, daughter, mother, son, father, daughter? Maybe that person isn't even around, but the wound lingers. The Lord says, give that up to me. Is it abuse? Is it psychological? Do you believe what the perpetrator said to you to be true? Or do you believe his report? Are you going to receive healing today? It's a wound. And wounds are okay as long as they are healed properly. Would you stand with me? In World War II, they created what's known as a mass unit. You, not talking about the TV show, but it was a little picture of what these mass units were. They were field hospitals because they were losing thousands of our troops by the long transports to the actual hospitals. So instead of trying to get the patient to the hospital, they got the hospital to the patient. And by doing so, they were able to save countless lives because they were able to administer 
antiseptic and provisions of medication, close up wounds, clean out the shrapnel. And they, they came up with this phrase, the golden hour. The golden hour was if they could get a wounded soldier to that mass unit within the first hour of their injuries, the percentages of them surviving spiked dramatically. And I know there are some things in this house today, and this is a different service I know. There are some old things here today that you're past the golden hour. And that's okay because you're still in the presence of the healer. But if you could get to the mass unit today and you can say, Jesus, would you cleanse me? Cleanse my wound. Lord, take away the infection that's trying to already cause damage to my body, my spirit. Clean me up and clean me out. Sew me up so that the healing can begin. That's what the Lord wants to do. I don't know what's represented here today. I'm just trying to obey the Holy Ghost. But I believe there are physical needs. If you've got a physical need, I'm going to invite you to come. Would you come right now? If you need a physical healing, would you just step out? We're going to pray and anoint you with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. you have a psychological need, you say, oh, that sounds like I'm losing my mind. No. It just means that your mind has come under attack. You've been wounded in your mind. You don't perceive correctly. You can't process things right. You're paranoid. You've got things that shouldn't even be there, but because you've been wounded, you've become reactionary. Defensive. The Lord says, Oh, I want to heal that. Are there spiritual wounds in the house? Jesus was betrayed by Judas. He was denied by Peter. He was rejected by the Jews. None of them physical, all of them emotional, psychological. Is there an emotional wound in the house today? You're afraid to get close to people. You're afraid to be vulnerable. You know what that is? I refuse to be hurt again. I'm not going to open myself up. I'm not going to be transparent because I won't be hurt again. Well, guess what? That's a death sentence because you are an emotional being. And God created you to be connected to people. And connected to people you love. But because of the wound, you can't be who you're supposed to be. Therefore, the relation be relationship begins to die. 
it's okay. Because when I was praying, the Lord said, tell the people they don't go to the cafeteria to get healed. They don't go to the waiting room to get healed. They go to the operating room. They go to an exam room where things are as, as sterile as possible. You're in a sterile environment today because Jesus is here. It's safe. Oh yeah, I know people have hurt you. Things have hurt you. Life has hurt you. But Jesus will never hurt you.